When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. and welcome to Pregnancy Confidential, week 27, the scoop on birth plans. Are they pointless or a must-have? Pregnancy Confidential is a girlfriend-to-girlfriend real talk podcast from the folks at Parents Magazine, where we have your back and your bump through all 40 weeks. I'm Dana Points, Editor-in-Chief of Parents. With me today is... Erica Janes, Digital Director of Parents.com and a mom of two. And... Mindy Walker, executive editor of Fit Pregnancy and Baby and a mom of three. So seven kids between us. We, we know a thing or three. So for week 27, we're going to tackle birth plans. What goes into them, how you make one, what not to put in one, whether it's even something you'll use when um, push comes to shove, as they say. We can make a lot of verbal jokes around <laughs> pregnancy here. But before we dig in, let's start by talking about your baby this week. Your baby is how big? This week... At week 27, your baby is the size of, okay, ladies, throw some out. The miniature Nerf football that my kids play with. Oh, that's nice. good. Miniature Nerf football. I can imagine the it. The foamy, squishy ones. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. say large salad bowl. Large salad, like like a lunchtime salad, not like that thing that I serve when I have a dinner party. Not right? the dinner party. Okay, because right, right, that would The to-go yeah. salad. Out. That's right. Right. Maybe like I had acorn squash for lunch. I had a half of an acorn squash, but your baby is the size of like a whole small acorn squash. Or a small pot roast. A I like that one. Pot roast. Oh, your little baby, this little pot right. roast in your belly. <laughs> right. But it's still cooking. So cook on. So if you want more details about what's going on with your baby this week beyond just the size, be sure to sign up for our daily pregnancy email at parents.com slash pregnancy daily to get the scoop. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. At 27 weeks pregnant, you're in the last week of your second trimester. Congratulations. You're almost there. So it's time to start really thinking about D-Day. That's delivery day. It's time to start thinking about actually having that baby and making a birth plan. It's a document, and you can you know, actually print it out and hand it to your doctor. It lets your medical team know your preferences for delivery. I have a confession to make, which is crazy because I'm a control freak in so many ways, but I never made a birth plan. I remember talking to my doctor about the fact that I was going to try to have natural childbirth, but I don't remember anything else. And I actually took a class, but I still didn't make a birth plan. And my both my kids were overdue, so it's not like I didn't have time. I'll take the, the no time when my oldest was actually born at 32 weeks. She is now a super healthy kid, which is a great thing for a premature babies. But I ran out of time. I was all set, like researching epidurals to get that birth plan done, and I, then I didn't get it done. But I was researching it. Yeah. You knew what you wanted, <laughs> even if it all went to 
which it did, right? It just shows you. Erica, did you make one? Were you super organized? Honestly, I don't remember. My first was three weeks early, so maybe less than years. If you do want to have a birth plan, do it at 27 weeks. Mm -hmm. Don't wait till 32 or 37. But I got great advice from my doula. And she said, your birth plan needs to be something that you're discussing with your doctor throughout. And I really agree with that, that if you're just handing this two-page typewritten document to your labor and delivery nurse when you're in labor, that's probably not the best plan, yeah. so to speak. I actually, my first baby wasn't delivered by my regular OB, the person I'd planned to deliver the baby with. Because I was in a group practice and they rotate. And so I'm not sure even if I had made a birth plan, if it would have had any impact because the doctor wasn't my usual doctor. But the fact that the only thing I focused on was that I wanted to try to have a natural childbirth, that is kind of one of the big glaring things in the middle of your birth plan is the epidural. Do you want one? You know, do you really want to try to labor without one? But there are other things. I mean, can you think about some things that you would put on it? Like how many people you might want to have in the room with you. You know, there's a lot of rules on that now with cameras and privacy if you're having everybody with you with their phones. So talk, Some hospitals won't allow more right. than one so or two talk people. So talk to your doctor about that. I think fetal monitoring is another thing. So what, are the, what are the options there? Well, there's intermittent or continuous. Right. And I think And the continuous is, one is the one where you might actually be kind of – not able to yes, move around. Confined. So something you might want to think about is, you know, while you're laboring, do you want to be able to walk around? Yep. And the type of fetal monitoring might affect that. Also, as you said, walking around positions. Do you want to be able to try and sit on a birthing ball? Right. Do you want a bar that helps you squat mm-hmm. while you're in labor? I think you should also find out, like, if you can do skin-to-skin contact after the birth. That's a great thing to, you know, just have in your birth plan. But, again, in one of those gazillion appointments that you have with your doctor, you know, ask, after the baby's born, if everything's healthy, does the baby go right on my chest for that skin-to-skin contact? That's really nice. And some hospitals will even do that after the cesarean. Yes. You know, like, so so that's the other thing about the plan. Like, you could have a plan, and then you could need a C-section. Maybe you want to think about some of the possibilities. I mean, for example— Typically, if you have a C-section, there's a drape so that the mom can't see what's going on. Some hospitals now will drop the drape so that you can see when the baby's pulled out. Some maybe still won't. But that would be the kind of thing that you might even want to include that in a birth plan. If I have a C-section, I still would like skin-to-skin contact. I would like the drape dropped. I think you need to decide what's important to you. Maybe limit them to five. Mm-hmm. Maybe type those out. So and don't make be them... too high maintenance. Don't be too high maintenance. I don't think... <laughs> You know, saying I want this particular Taylor Swift song playing when I push the baby out. I mean, <laughs> which tell your partner that, that or your doula that, and right. they can handle it. But I don't think any nurse is necessarily going to be right. like, oh, perfect. We'll do that for right. you. You can often now eat. As recently as a couple of years ago, they said during labor and delivery, you shouldn't eat anything. And now you can often eat. And the other thing that's kind of new right now that your doctor might not even be aware of that you want to consider for your birth plan is whether you're going to um, the clamping, the Wait, cord, cut the cord, cord clamping. Right. So the latest thinking is that sometimes it's a good idea to let that blood move through yep. the umbilical cord for a little bit longer before it's clamped or cut, rather, after the baby's born. And, you know, even back to the epidural, I would say that, you know, you may say you don't want to have an epidural, and that's great. You want a natural planning. But 
you know, you can put in your birth plan too. It's okay. It's okay to change your mind. You know, my doctor always was very great about saying you can get an epidural at nine centimeters dilated if you want. It's never too late to get one. It's not great for the anesthesiologist to have to try to give you one at that point, but that's that's her job. Right. So, you know, my doctor was very pro woman in that, like, you know, you don't have to get it, but if you change your mind, you can get it whenever you want it. And so, you know, check in with your doctor about that too. Yeah, I think it's a it's a good point. I have to say that was kind of the only plan I had was no epidural, natural childbirth with my birthing ball. I ended up being induced because I went overdue. And I remember going about a week overdue to the OBGYN and, you know, they did the, the ultrasound and they were like, oh, you've run out of amniotic fluid, which don't be too frightened, my pregnant friends, because that's actually a pretty common scenario. So don't worry too much about it. And I was at least a week overdue at that point. But it was like, you know, do not pass go. <laughs> go directly to the hospital. Yep. No more amniotic fluid. It's time to have a baby. And then I was induced. And if you are induced, you really probably should get I'm no doctor, <laughs> but you want an epidural. <laughs> and nobody had really prepared me for that. So I did wait too long. I finally got one. Thank goodness. Or I never would have had a second child. <laughs> <laughs> Good birth control. So this is all preparation, though, the, the birth plan conversation for the fact that no matter what you do, no matter how you plan, your birth might not turn out how you thought it would. I mean, Mindy, you're a Mine did classic not. example. And I felt like, you know, I was this healthy person who thought it was just my right to have a baby at 40 weeks. And here she came at 32 weeks. And I was really upset about that. I had um, no hospital bag packed when I went into labor at 37 weeks. I thought it was false labor for a really long time. I think I fooled myself. Uh, my husband was looking through our birthing book that we'd gotten from, we, thankfully, we'd taken childbirth classes. And he's thinking to himself, I think she's moving into the next phase. <laughs> I don't think this is false anymore. Um, waited way too long to call our doula. Really just sort of was oblivious for a little while as I was fully going into labor. Went to the hospital, still didn't bring a bag because I thought, oh, no, they're going to send it's me home. Real. I'm. It's not real. And... I had also been told that the average labor for a first-time mom was 24 hours. And I thought, I'm only eight hours into this. This is, first of all, not going to be a natural birth because if it's just going to get a lot worse from this, that won't happen. But I got to the hospital and I was eight centimeters dilated. Wow. So oh I didn't gosh. go back home. No. Um, <laughs> you know, and then it's like, well, all that stuff I would have packed in the hospital bag, maybe not such a big deal. Yeah. I don't really need it. I read that Orlando Bloom had to pee in a bottle in the delivery room because Miranda Kerr didn't want him to leave her side during, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious because I definitely remember I labored after I was induced. I labored for a really long time and so long, in fact, that my husband fell asleep. <laughs> Mine did, too. And I didn't labor for a really, really too. long time. Right. <laughs> right. But he did bring me chicken soup before he fell asleep. So I'm wondering if our if our listeners have an elaborate birth plan in place already or are you just keeping it to the bare essentials? I hope you'll tweet us with the details at Parents Magazine with the hashtag Pregnancy Confidential. This week's Relax You've Got This is for the mamas out there who already have a little one at home or maybe first-time moms for whom this pregnancy is just the start of building a bigger brood. This week we're going to discuss sibling envy how you prepare for it, what to expect, how to cope. The bottom line is no matter how old or young, your firstborn is going to have some adjusting to do when the new baby comes along. Sometimes it's a few bumps in the road. Sometimes it's some really vicious comments. 
One of our Parents.com writers had her three-year-old daughter suggest that she build a really beautiful doghouse in the backyard for her newborn (laughs) brother. (laughs) And a friend of hers overheard her three-year-old discuss plans to spit on her new sibling when mom wasn't looking. So the sibling rivalry can get rather vicious. (laughs) So if this kind of thing happens to you, don't panic. It's totally normal rite of passage for older siblings. And rather than fight it, sometimes the best advice is to just understand what's going on and accept it. In the case of a doghouse in the backyard, maybe you say, yeah, let's pretend we'll build a really nice doghouse for the baby to live in. Maybe we can send, you know, daddy to go live in there too. And sometimes it's better to be serious. So whatever the case, it's a good idea to start talking openly about the baby while you're pregnant. But know that it's going to be an ongoing process. And at various points, your older child might not care. And at other points, she might care a little too much. I mean, Mindy, you've been through this twice now. I'm sure you have lots of thoughts. I do. I mean, the the girls are mostly excited, but I think there's also lots of opportunity for some embarrassing moments. I think one of my funniest moments was when I would nurse my baby a lot of times when we were eating at the table because, you know, it's very efficient that way. I'm eating, we're all eating, the baby's eating, and even at restaurants that way. And so my my middle daughter would bring her baby to the table and nurse her baby (laughs) while she was eating. So, you know, picking a little French fry and holding her baby and and nursing it. But then she also wanted to do it at the restaurant sometimes. And we just let her do it. I mean, it wasn't like we were, like, calling a big display to it. But it felt like to say no to her would have caused more, you know, it was just, it was, we knew she was going to outgrow it, and we just tried to laugh and enjoy it. They do a lot of that mimicking. You hear them, like, you know, talking to each other the way you might talk to the baby or... But that actually seems great because at least it seems, like, welcoming. I don't know. Did you ever, Erica, did you have any kind of tough moments when you were... I really didn't. Um, That's good. I mean, my kids are almost five years apart in age, Mm -hmm. so my oldest obviously grasped the concept. I think he sort of knew before we even told him because he would say he would make strange comments about a baby baby sibling, and we'd kind of think, does he know something? And then we finally told him. He seemed excited. We started reading books about being a big brother. He really loved his little brother a little bit too aggressively. I remember he'd be like, you know, when we brought him home, he'd be, Mama, is this the soft spot? And he'd, you know, take his pointer finger and poke the soft spot. I'd be like, yes, don't do that. Don't touch that. The fact that he was a little bit older helped. Um, He didn't have some of the My kids were closer in age. There's two and a half years between them. So... One of the hard things is in that age gap, you're often dealing with potty training and transitioning um, transitioning. from the baby bed to the toddler bed. And all that change is happening at the same time. But I do remember my older son being overall pretty nurturing. And that for us, the fit didn't hit the shan, as we say in my house, until the baby could talk. (laughs) Or take the older kids' toys. Yes, yes. Yeah. and Destroy the carefully crafted Lego creations. Right. And that was when the baby went from being like a little lump that was not threatening to an actual, oh, it's a human. Now we got trouble. (laughs) So you don't have to worry about that for a while. I think one thing that's that's a fun thing to, to do is to have the baby bring the big brother or sister a present when they're born. Oh, yeah. Comes through delivery. You know, it's not... And then to tell the people who are bringing presents for the baby, like, hopefully they'll have the God-given sense to bring something for the older sibling, too. Exactly. Yes, because yes. that's who really who really needs it. So it's not out of the realm of possibility. You know, you just had this healthy baby come out of you that it would have brought, like, Legos with it for the, for the big brother, right? Ouch. It's, like, <laughs> it's bad enough when you they're step on a Lego. It. Like, giving birth to one seems really painful. And then after the baby baby is born, you're going to want to spend alone time with each child individually. And that can be hard because babies are super demanding. But try to hand the baby off to somebody and and, um, and spend a little time with your older child. 
solo. Sometimes being with your older child solo is actually harder than being with the baby sometimes because the baby is just sleeping in your arms and it's really cozy. But it's in those moments when you have to sort of say to yourself, I need to do the harder thing right now and go help that toddler wiggle into her clothes and go to that music class because she's going to remember that and the baby's not. Lessons learned. So that's it for Pregnancy Confidential. Our producer is Sarah Abdurrahman. Thanks also to Laura Mayer and Andy Bowers at Panoply. Let us know what you think of the show. You'll find us on Twitter at Parents Magazine, Facebook at Facebook.com slash Parents Magazine, or Instagram at, you guessed it, Parents Magazine. And if you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend, a pregnant friend, preferably, and subscribe to us in iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to leave us a rating or comment when you subscribe. It helps other people discover our show. Unlike other podcasts, you don't need to wait a week for the next episode. So if you want a sneak peek of what the weeks ahead hold for you, you can listen right now.